Hi, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the End of Sales podcast. I hope everyone's well who's listening. Then let me join by my co-host, John. How are you, John? Yeah, I'm good, mate. No problem at all. And two show regulars, Ross and William. How are you? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, buddy. Ah, we're all good, all good. Plenty of talk about anyway this week. It's been quite an eventful week for Celtic Football Club. And leading up to the, the St. John's game was obviously kind of dominated by Scott Brown and his final game of Paradise. And we all know what he means to the club. And also on game day as well, there's a bit of controversy that we all know about it. Basically, the Green Brigade, the North Curve section, were allowed into Celtic Park to put up a, a display surrounding Scott Brown. And they also put up a display beside that for Palestine, for the people of Palestine who are suffering violence, genocide on a mass scale. Now, at the end of the Sales podcast, we did say at the start, we're not about politics, we're not a political broadcast or anything, but we're just going to speak briefly about what we think <coughs> of that situation and give our version of it, and then we'll move on. For me, I think, as a Celtic fan coming from Ireland, I can appreciate any kind of display of solidarity with countries that face oppression, or they're facing murder, or they're facing starvation. I think if clubs like ours don't show what's going on in countries, then it'll just go unnoticed. Therefore, the mainstream media aren't showing the actual narrative of what's going on in countries. I can get where people are saying, the Celtic supporters, that, yeah, that's all well and good, but do it outside Celtic Park. I 100% agree with that, but we can't divot from the fact that Celtic were a club formed out of oppression, out of charity, out of goodwill for others, <clears throat> giving people work, giving people jobs. So I think, personally, it should have been allowed to stay up. There was also a, a commemoration in there for a fellow who, who died, who actually visited Celtic Park from Palestine. He was pictured with Scott Brown, among others, in, in Celtic Park as well. So I think there should have been a show of solidarity. It's not the first time. It's not a surprise to anyone that that flag appeared at Celtic Park. It's been there many times before. And I'll come to yourself, Ross. We had a bit of a chat about this on the podcast. And it's fair to say some of us had disagreements in, in regards to if it should be there or if it should not be there. But what's your opinion on this, Ross? Um, well, I mean, first of all, what's happening over there is absolutely deplorable. Uh, I mean, any rational thinking civilised person would probably agree with that um, but as regards the display I mean do I think Celtic were wrong to take it to remove it uh, I think they were well within their rights to as that display for me that, that wasn't why the fans were granted access to the stadium uh, now I'm not saying the Green Brigade were wrong to do it that's their prerogative. Whether it's right or wrong doesn't really matter to them anyway. As I mean, let's face it, rules don't apply to where they're concerned. Um, but I mean, I, I just think it, it's probably best left outside the stadium. Uh, but I mean, you had said to me about our Celtic moving away from their values, if you like. Uh, and I, I don't, for me, I don't think they are. Um, I think they do a lot of charity work, uh, especially in the local community that can be ignored. Uh, they do like a the, the the football for good fund, uh, Christmas appeal, just to name a couple. I mean, all these things help most the most vulnerable people in society, and they've carried out this type of work for years. So, I mean, I find it slightly offensive being a fan of Celtic that this is even. Can he been brought up into question uh, off the back of the removal of the display? I mean, albeit it was a worthy display, but as I've said before, I I, I just think it, it they could have 
brought their banners in for Brown and done their, their display for Palestine outside the stadium. Uh, I just think there's ways and means to get your message across in your I think I think I just think that the Green Brigade have failed on it again to get well they've obviously raised awareness but to get the amount of support behind it that they were looking for, I think they've probably failed on that. Uh, but I mean going back to the board, I mean the, the board have made mistakes, especially in the last maybe twelve months. Uh, they're all human. Nobody gets it right all of the time, but I just think sometimes, currently anyway, folk are jumping on everything and anything, eh, just now to bash the board. Eh, I mean, again, mistakes have been made, but for me, their charitable work and values can't really be questioned. But eh, I, I've not really got much more to say on it. But I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for raising awareness, eh, but I just, I want you to go to Parkhead and watch the football and be there for the football. I get that's no everybody's opinion and that's fine, but uh, that's just sort of my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, Oz. I really do. And you're right to bring up what Celtic are actually doing for communities in terms of the Celtic Foundation, their their charity appeals, Christmas appeals, toy drives and stuff for kids, visiting them in the hospital and things like that. That's all well and good as well. But we can't underestimate what the Green Brigade actually do for the people of Palestine. When Celtic got fined in a Champions League or Europa League match, when they did a display for Palestine, they came up with a campaign, matched the fine for Palestine. So whatever the fine was for Celtic, they matched it and gave it to the charity over there. And also the raising uh-huh. money as we as we currently speak for the Palestinian people and what they're going through and any little helps for them. And I I for me for myself, John anyway, I can't I don't believe that the, the Green Brigade got access and then no one was watching them. I, I can't I can't believe that because especially with the whole COVID breaches and the COVID situation, there would have been someone watching their every move. <laughs> and the fact, the fact that they let them go to the stadium, put up the picture with their statement, thinking it was going going ahead, and then an hour or so before kickoff, they released their own <clears throat> statement, based not on social media channels, but via the website, and uh, basically saying that they used it for uh, the wrong purpose. It should have been for Brown, but they failed to show the Brown the brown thing beside it as well. I just find it a bit, a bit wrong that they've done that. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with the removal of it. Um, I agree with some of the points that Ross has made, uh, and obviously, I think I think any sort of rational um, human being would obviously, um, who's aware of what's happening over there, um, <coughs> would sympathise with the people of Palestine um, because <coughs> it is deplorable. This whole narrative where the Green Brigade were allowed in. The Celtic board know the Green Brigade. It's not like this would be the first time they've ever done anything like this. So they knew that the Green Brigade may have done something, especially with tensions as, as, as high as they are over there at the minute, that that was a possibility. Um, and in fairness to the Green Brigade as well, they did also, along with the Palestinian flags uh, and that sort of that, that uh, tribute to, to the Palestinian refugee who had who, who's passed um, they, they put up a, a big um, thank you for Scott Brown as well it wasn't just solely a political thing, they, they, they paid tribute to Scott Brown uh, with, a, a, with a massive display as well um, the Celtic statement in reference to that made no mention of that um, they, they solely just kind of tarred the Green Brigade with a political brush and, and, and says that it's not welcome um, I firmly disagree uh, all this talk and nonsense about politics isn't welcome in football 
uh, is shite um, because it directly affects football. UEFA, first and foremost, and there's no two ways about it, need to take action against Israel. Um, and they should be removed completely, Israel, until while all this is happening for sort of any UEFA-based competition. And the, the, the football world at large needs to support something like that because there's absolutely no way that they should be getting away with what they're doing. And for those that don't know, they're committing mass genocide um, against the Palestinian people uh, and colonisation of Palestine itself. For I bet the football team is Listen, the the government the in Israel uh, are making these decisions, right? Um, you'll have people within Israel <laughs> who support it, um, and as a a modern like you you look at sort of other places in the world, right? Like it happens, and you get things with genocide and everything happens all over the place. Africa's right with it as well. But as it stands at the minute, UEFA need to take notice of what's happening over there because you can't, whether it's the football teams are involved or no, the government, need there needs to be some level of punishment, right? I'm not going to get into it because the the political side of this is something I'm quite passionate about and I think it's disgusting that people are allowed a voice. Um, I'll applaud the Green Brigade for, for continuing to be that voice for Palestine because no many people are. Um, and for football to continually go on, bang on about stuff like stamping out racism and everything else, which I fully also agree with, to then turn their back and pretend that football's not a place for any sort of activism uh, is baffling. Um, how it's good for one, but it's no good for another. And... The, the Green Brigade should be applauded. And if anybody... I've seen absolutely disgusting comments for Celtic fans online in reference to it as well that I'm not going to get into. But it's it just it's sad, man. It's really, really sad that it's it's actually even been discussed in the sense that... or it's been sort of shunned or, or frowned upon because it, something needs to be done about it. <laughs> and whether you think that it should be left out of football or not is irrelevant because... Raising any sort of awareness for what's happening there at the minute uh, should be applauded. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I'm in total agreement with yourself, but I think we need to make it clear as well from from the podcast's point of view. Anyone's opinions are valued. I mean, people have different opinions on different subjects, and this one is obviously controversial among Celtic fans, and people are for it, people are against it. But come with yourself. Can I just say, just based on what you just said there, Stephen, and I don't want to get into this too much, but I. I firmly agree. People are entitled to an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Ross raised some very valid points, um, and like I said, he, he's entitled to have that opinion, and, and that's fine. And we obviously value people's opinion in this. But see, if you're the kind of person who thinks that it shouldn't be involved in football, and it's all right because, in fact, do you know what? Just move on. <laughs> I'm not even going down this road. <laughs> I hate you, I <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I can feel the frustration in your voice, John. I felt it when it was that the, the, the slide was took down. We all know situations that have happened in Ireland where I've grew up. It's been been under depression, and we can see when Palestine were thrown out, what's going on is absolutely deplorable. But coming to your, yourself, William, again, we can we can hear the passion within, within the podcast tonight, but I'll read out the statement that Celtic actually put out to yourself, William. So we have the fitness supporters to pay, to pay tribute to our club captain, Scott Brown by giving them the opportunity to display their own banners in the stadium. 
Unfortunately, a small group, which we're led to believe as members of the Green Brigade, was which was given access in good faith, had attempted to exploit this opportunity, take advantage of an occasion attended for our club captain, Scott Brown, and use it for a different purpose. Again, no mention of what that purpose actually was. And then to go on to finish the statement by saying, clearly this is un- unacceptable, and the display was immediately taken down by the club. Now, from my point of view, them two lines at the bottom really irritated me just by saying it's unacceptable. What's unacceptable about it? By giving people a voice who otherwise wouldn't have a voice within football world or within the politician world as well. And it's immediately taken down by the club. What's your thoughts on this, William? Yeah, um, I've, I've got the statement in front of me and I was I, I was going to bring up the exact same um, points you made there. Um, for me, I, I don't think politics and football is a, good, is a good mix. 99% of the time, it's always bad news. But in saying that, this this, this is just a totally different animal. Um it's obviously horrendous what's going on. You've all, everybody's touching it, and uh, I, I personally thought it was it was wrong for Celtic. Um, maybe not to, maybe not the decision to take them down. But my first, it was when I first read, read that statement, I thought, oh no. Um, totally agree with you. The last two lines, um, just Celtic dropping the ball again. And my other my other point I was going to raise is one you wrote, raised, Stephen, is where is Whereas that um, that person within Celtic that's sh- like surely the Green Brigade aren't getting left on their own, yeah, put, on their own put these things up, yeah. So how is this? How is it get taken for them to put that all up and then I, I was an hour before kick off or so, it's it's then been brought up and brought to the attention. If, I like it's, again, I don't know the board of Celtic, just Celtic in general dropping the ball. Um, they the, they've made this now a massive situation when that could have been kept in house and we're all clueless to what's going on. Um, and to use the um, to use Scott Brown's name in it repeatedly to say that this was this was for him and um, they've they've been given access in, in good faith and they've exploited that opportunity. I mean, come on, I'm pretty sure Scott Brown wouldn't mind when he knows what's going on. Um, but William, William, sorry, would you agree? That some of the terminology and words we're using in that statement were, were quite damning, like yes. exploiting, exploiting. That's what I was going to say. The jargon, yeah, the jargon yeah. and the, the wording that's been used, um, definitely, hundred percent. That's when I was when I when I first read that, I was taken aback. I was like, hmm, okay, here we go again. The board have messed up a wee bit here. Um, like I say, if it was spotted beforehand, it could have all been done in house, and it's not getting out. I, I, I'm, I would assume the Green Brigade would, would have made a statement, but. Um, yeah, but naivety again dropping the ball again. I think, and it's been made. Um, it's, it's obviously big news now, and it's not. It doesn't, it doesn't make Celtic look great, in my opinion. Just yeah. to touch on oh. what you said there, William. Sorry. Um, I think you made a great point about this. How quick this statement came out, and how quick they were to condemn the actions of the Green Brigade. Uh, and like you say, the terminology that you used was, especially towards the end of that statement, was ridiculous because I don't think showing support um, and giving a voice to. Uh, an oppressed nation that's currently undergoing mass genocide uh, is unacceptable in any way, shape or form. Uh, and again, it should be applauded. But this board is the same board who have been silent all season. They haven't addressed any Celtic fans, any concerns, any questions uh, other than f- like, like these fan forums that we had, but I'm sure we're going to touch on that. But how quick they were to come out with a statement and condemn that. And uh, when they've been so silent... F- the entire season regarding every other matter uh, that's important to Celtic fans and is solely related to the football side of things. The 
instance we and again I know this was Scott Brown's final game at Celtic Park um, and I'm sure everybody wanted to wish him farewell I thought it was uh, he got a great send off and I don't think the Palestinian flags would have made much yeah, difference to that whatsoever and as you said I'm sure Scott probably wouldn't have minded either um, but I just want to say that I, Scott Brown's been a fantastic servant for Celtic 14 years of his career he's been great captain leader legend all that stuff we've heard over the past couple of weeks uh, and he's been an, he's been absolutely fantastic for us and he'll be sorely missed but to say that murdery kids innocent people um, in another country like I don't people I don't think people truly understand the, the extent and the, the actual severity of what's happening over there they're on the brink of war um, and have been for years and it's to say that this isn't about that this is about this person this is bigger than that far bigger yeah, than that that was my point mate they were using him it's, they pretty much used him as a scapegoat to to um, make, make their statement like okay what they were doing I mean the way they used the the the, the, the terminology we're talking I mean you could have you could have put it in a way that we didn't feel like this was right to do it here but we will support um, any future endeavours and we can do something outside the statement you know just just Put, put a twist in that. You didn't need to say this is unacceptable and and exactly. so forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, agree with that. Yeah, I think what well, us three are on the same page, and obviously Ross out of the group, which is always brilliant to see as well. People disagree with people's opinions. Have you, have you anything to add? To add to what the the boys are saying, Ross? Uh, no, not really. No, no, no. That that <laughs> that's fair enough. But there's just, there's just one thing I want to end on. It's it's just a few words, just basically for the people in Palestine. For those who are in love, there's a song that's warm and tender. For those who are oppressed, in song you can't protest. So liberate your minds and give your soul expression. Open up your hearts and I'll sing this song for you. Let the people sing. Just let them sing. And I think it's it's fairly important, as you said, John, that there's women, kids, men as well, being killed, genocide. And we all need to make people aware of what's going on over there. Otherwise, they'll have no voice. But... Again, guys, it's what it's what this show is about. Different opinions, and we'll move on as quick as that. So what we've seen was the game against St. Johnson. Celtic finished 4-0 winners with Turnbull, Edward, Ayer and Dabelli. Carmel going to Belly got his first goal, which was fantastic. I'll come to yourself, William. What was your thoughts in the game? And what one one in particular bit of play I thought was fantastic was Scott Brown's pass to Edward, his touch, and then bang over the keeper. That was sublime, wasn't it? Unbelievable. Um it's the first time in a long time I've had a smile on my face watching watching the game. Um, <laughs> I thought we were great. It was it was nice to see a couple of changes. I was I was a bit disappointed when I did see the lineup after Kennedy saying he was going to make changes that there wasn't as many as I would have hoped. But um, the guys that did eventually get on, Sean, I thought um, Montgomery had a, a good solid game. He looks um, the the occasion didn't look like he got the best of him. He's looked decent technically, passed the ball well and I know he got back and he maybe not cleared it off the line but he was he was back and he's uh, doing his defensive duties also. Then Belly's goal took it great but yeah and I thought it was very fitting in Scott Brown's last game for him to ping a Beckham-esque ball and then for Edward to touch it through his legs and then dink it over <laughs> the keeper was just unbelievable but like again you're sitting watching this thinking where has this been all season? Yeah. Um, another, a wee, I've got to hear a wee shout out. I thought Christy had a good game as well, and he was put back in the centre, which I like to see. Um, so yeah, oh, there's not much you can complain about, can you? Really, it was 
pretty dominant in performance and Turnbull just, just looks a real deal every week. So um yeah. yeah, hopefully the new manager's watching if if we have a new manager and uh, you can take some positives for that and hopefully there's a few players or fringe players that got a, got a, got some minutes in the pitch that might see a lot more minutes next season. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I'm I'm gonna shag here. I thought Brian Christie had a decent game too, so There'd be no, there'd be no Chris, <laughs> there'd be no Chris, there'd be no Christy bashing on the podcast tonight. I thought he was decent in, in the number eight, number six role. I think that's for me anyway. That's his best position coming from deep. I don't think the number ten suits him. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm not a football expert, but we, we all have opinions on that. But uh, coming to yourself here, um, Ross, I think during the game, Young Montgomery impressed me. Barkas came in, he made a save. Although my Dozzy stream cut out, so I didn't really catch the save. You guys did, um. But there was some good performances round about the time, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, look, guys, you've touched on um, Montgomery. Um, he, he looked, he looked assured. Um, I mean, it's only only one game I've seen him in, so he's a long way to go. But he certainly he didn't put a foot wrong, uh, and I was impressed by him. Uh, obviously, Turnbull again, like Willie touched on, he uh, was excellent and. Again, as Willie touched on, that that uh, 60-yard diagonal for Brown into Edward was apart. Well, he never got a goal, so that was that was the next best thing. He sort of bring the curtain down on his Parkhead career, uh, and then obviously then Bailey coming in. It was a bit of a cameo, but uh, he looked well. He certainly it was a great offer, a great offer down the right and run and then he was just absolutely composed with that finish uh, so I mean you're looking at that and you look at the way he's finished and you're like we've been screaming out for a right winger all season like what the hell is going on why is he not being getting a chance um, mm-hmm. but I, I mean Barkas uh, he didn't well he, he made a save you, you spoke about he made a save wasn't he a save as such? He, he kind of caught it. It was a poor lob, and he was tall enough to catch it. But uh, I, I mean, off the back of his performance, I would certainly play him against Tibbs. Uh, it's just a pity the fans won't be there to give him a proper send off. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. That's all I can say on him. Uh, I, he's done for me. But uh, who? Who? Barkas. Aye, uh, aye. He, he'll be away. I think. I, I don't think he's. Got a future, but uh, I, Kenny, I thought he was god awful again. He gave the ball away every single time he got it, and I laughed. I laughed out loud in the last podcast when you says he put you in a coma because it was the perfect description. <laughs> He'll be raging that Barker saved that because he nearly got an assist. <laughs> I know it was a great wee. It was a wee header, wasn't it? Aye, head. It was like John Hartson in his prime. Oh, it was knocking it down for the striker. Aye, what are you then just get in the sea, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. You're you're right about Kenny. I mean, he's up there with Shane Duffy with the worst signing this season. Maybe Kenny, maybe edges. I don't know about you guys, but he's just he's just atrocious to me. I don't know how. Uh, to, when he how first came, he looked. Sorry, to cut you off there. <laughs> he, he looked all right. Like he, he certainly, he's not a terrible defender. He's a terrible footballer, if that makes sense. Uh, Here's a shout for you. Here's a shout for you, Ross. Uh, do you think who who wins, Paul Telfer or John, John Joe Kenny? Paul Telfer's a better player than Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> easily, easily, 
absolute <laughs> country mile. Well, come yeah, and do it yourself. Never mind a football. But <laughs> <laughs> but come and do yourself, John. Um, one thing we did see was Turnbull score from indirect free kick, which I haven't seen an indirect free kick score in ages. Like to be honest, from Celtic anyway. But what what did you think about the game? Who who impressed you from the people who come in? The subs that come on. Um, really impressed with Montgomery. Um, like Ross says, it's only been one game, so you didn't want to get your hopes up, but he showed signs there, player. Um, the definite makings there, player. Um, and if we all remember, we all said the same stuff about Tierney when he first came in as well. So um, I'm not comparing the two by any means, but like if if he can continue to develop the way he's he's obviously been developing, uh, and hopefully. Um, we can put a wee bit of faith in him and start getting him games to see if he's if he's properly capable. Uh, I think he could have a career at Celtic. Um, again, I it was it was a good seeing Eddie do what he'd done. Um, we know he's capable of that. You wonder where it is all season, as, as William says. It's it's baffling that everybody took his goal well. I think all the goals were great. Turnbull was fantastic again. I think the the team was shaped up pretty well. Um, again. Wasn't surprised with the, the the team selection. Completely expected that. I said that last day, or just earlier in the week. Yeah, I don't yeah. expect any changes, if any, um, and were more or less right. Um, but I was happy that he, he did give uh, a chance to some people like Dembele, as as Ross says, we've been screaming out for a winger like that all year, <laughs> and he's just been sitting there doing absolutely hee haw. So, like, why? Are you know taking advantage of the fact that you've got a player like that who is talented? He likes to, like, he likes to run at the defenders. He like he, he plays football the way we want to see football being played. He, he attacks players. He's no just passing the ball back all the time. He, he, like he, he took his goal well. He was composed, and we've we've seen and all the times we've seen Dembele. I don't think we've ever seen Dembele on the park and says, "Nah, this isn't it for him." But we've always seen his. The small appearances that he has had, we've always looked at them and then thought, there's a player there. So I don't know why he's not been getting a chance this season, especially the latter half of the season when we knew the league was done and you had nothing to play for. You play ample time to give these boys a chance. Uh, so I fully expect him to start this weekend. I'm hoping he does. Montgomery, I'm hoping he starts. Uh, I, well, I mean, we'll get to all that later, but I, I thought it was a decent result. Um I mean, obviously, Scott Brown send off, getting the win, a comfortable win at that. But let's not kid ourselves, right? And I don't want to put any negativity on it. But oh, Mister Negative, not me today. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? It's like let, let's obviously let's look at the St. Johnson team that was put out in front of us as well. No, you're that, you're right. That that wasn't their strongest team by any means, and and quite rightly so. They've got big cup games and that coming up. Their own their own course for a domestic double, um, and. The fact that their manager didn't win, man, the fact that Gerard's won Manager of the Year uh, is absolutely baffling. Um, but they were they were hit with COVID as well. That's how the Doherty guys out. But St. Johnson, yeah, aye. Aye, aye, I aye. didn't know that. I thought they were just resting players for the the other games. But like I say, it wasn't the best St. Johnson team they could have put out by any means, um, which definitely made it easier for us. Uh, but I mean, it was good to see us win. It was a comfortable result. I thought it yeah. wasn't much a coincidence as well that. They turned in. Obviously, John's touched on that that was a week in St. Johnson team, but I thought it that wasn't a coincidence that the a lot of the 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 bigger players in the team turned in a performance uh, for Brown's last game. 
uh, and haven't been doing it all season. I just think I look at it and think, well, they could have they, they could have done that this season. They just didn't want to. I think that's evident. I think you're, I think you're actually right to point that out. To be honest, and something interesting that John said about um, Dembele as well, William. I don't know if many people know this, but there's been rumours going around that he was offered a loan deal to Queens Park along with Luca Connell around about that time anyway, and he rejected it. Now, people, there is people Who saying that, that um, Carmoco Dembele. So there is people saying that caused him to be pushed out of the team because he didn't take the opportunity to go. But looking at it from Dembele's point of view, if you're looking at that team in front of you and you're confident in your own, your own ability and you think, look, I can do a job here. Forrester's injured for the, basically the whole season. Yeah, do you I think was just he going to say that. Yeah. Do, do you think he should have took that loan move or do you think he was right by kind of going, look, I belong here. This is my level, William. No, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that totally. Um I'm surprised that well, I'm not surprised Luke O'Connell went down, uh, uh, went to Queen's Park as well. But I've, these guys are are far better than that. I would I would be I'd be looking if we were getting loaned out to be playing at a far higher level than that. Um, Dembele's just um, John's touching it every time he he gets the ball. His his only focus is driving forward and attacking, um, attacking defenders, attacking fullbacks, and it's that is the Glasgow Celtic way, and we've not seen it all season. And for us to have no width whatsoever, and and again, John bang on that the league's been over for months. And why why not give this guy a run out? And I thought I think he's looked excellent. And it's you know it's really difficult as well to show to show your worth in like 10, 20 minute spells. Here I really feel for Griffiths because he's not he's getting 10, 20 minutes a game, and he, you can't show you can't show what you're capable of in that time. No. But the Bell has done a, a a very good. Uh, job of showing uh, his ability in the limited time that he's had um, and I think a lot of fans will be screaming for him to start uh, on Saturday as well Yeah, I think I think um, John Canley has said there will be changes in his press conference Some He says that every around. fucking week Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> That's to be fair but it was, I was coming to the, the Ross about you made an excellent point there around about the first team because it was Brown's last game. It's no coincidence that, that Edward pulled that out of there and chipped it over their keeper, Bobby Samal and stuff. But are you firmly of that belief that you think that was just kind of a send-off for Scott Brown rather than being a team performance? Um, like, in terms of, obviously it was a team performance for the win, but I mean, like, that effort, endeavour, determination, the whole season hasn't been there. Aye, I, I think I think they, they, they upped the effort uh, maybe 10, 20% uh, because it was Brown's last game, I. I, I do think that I think Edward looked a better player the other night uh, than he has all well no all season but for the a big part of it he's have touched on Christie had a good game when when was the last time we said that these are no, <laughs> I think that's because he was played in the middle though guys he's been shifted uh, partly that uh, I've uh, I've said that on this podcast for weeks you have, mate. and you people know. have kind of half shot me down on it. Uh, so aye, there's a bit of that as well, but I think he's he. I I I do believe that they've they they upped their their effort ten twenty percent the other night for Brown, uh, and you have seen the difference on the park and in the result. Yeah, I mean, yeah, coming to yourself, John. Obviously, it was Scott Brown send off and things, and there was players in the team that played well. The likes of Montgomery, the likes of Carmel Gundelli coming off the bench. If you're looking forward to next season, I obviously we spoke about the rebuild before, but taking out the players who won't be there, likes of Kenny, Elanusi, and things like that, and this is all determined like players like Iron all stay. 
if they can produce that level of performance with other players, now this is hey, this is just me talking from a purely probably dream kind of scenario here because we're probably not going to keep these players, nor should I believe anyway that they should stay because Ross rightly pointed out this effort hasn't been there all season. But just for example, could that be a team that could be su- successful again next season, John, if they pull that level of performance out week in, week out again? Well, we know that we know what they're capable of, and we know if if they perform to the standards that we know they can, how good this team is. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, next season is going to be an entirely different picture because we've got so many guys obviously going through uh, the exit door. But <coughs> at the same time, um, I think the young guys like Mon- Montgomery, Dembele have showed that you can put faith in the young guys to come in because what's different between the young guys and the guys who have maybe been a mainstay in the team for a number of years is the guys that have been there for a while might have got a wee bit too comfortable when the heads have dropped a bit. But these young guys are hungry and they're, they're going to put 110% into everything. And we've seen that. Montgomery, Montgomery, every time it cut to Montgomery, sweat was pushing off him, he was busting. But <laughs> you could see in him, man, he, there was fighting him. He, he wasn't laying down for anybody. He was chasing everything. He was up and doing the entire length of the park constantly. It was just a, a, a great performance for the young guy. And he's... The, the, this is what you've got to sort of like to look at, and this is why, as I said earlier, and as, as William mentioned, the, the season's been out for months, and it's absolutely baffling that we've no turned to these guys and gave them a chance to have a look at them and then see what they've got. And I mean, it wouldn't have made much difference in terms of the, the end result of the season, but. The results could have been a hell of a lot better. We could have been a lot happier and we could have been looking at these guys going, these guys are guys for the future and feeling a hell of a lot more confident going into next year than we are at the minute. So uh, I think that if... And and I'm confident when Eddie comes in, when Eddie comes in, um, Mm. Mm. (laughs) that uh, he'll lift all the the spirits of the guys that are still going to be there and they'll lift their heads again and get them back to, to playing football. Like I said, yeah. I think there's a lot of things that have happened this season that uh, are behind closed doors that we don't know about um, that, that have resulted uh, in players' heads dropping and being turned and everything else. Uh, I, I firmly believe that because we know these guys aren't as bad as they have been. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I think just, that... Um, sorry, William. Sorry, guys. Just a touch. I, I totally... Like, just a touch on Stephen's point and what you're saying there, John. Um, the... This squad of players, for, say for argument's sake, you kept hold of everybody and we and we, we didn't sign another soul and it was just this squad of players we had, but we had a, ma- a, a motivator, a man motivator, a man manager, a coach, who, and I believe Eddie Howe's all these things. If you didn't sign another soul, hands down, if with the right motivation, that team could win everything again next year. No Easy. doubt in my mind. I it's the same team. The only, the only, the only player that we've lost from last year, I think, was Big Fraser Foster, and we've actually added to the team, if I'm not mistaken. The, all this season, the, the carry on that's went on, it's not, it's exactly what John's saying. Heads down. There's no motivation. The coaching's not there. There's no plan B. If you've got the right man in charge, we can win a lot again. No doubt. Sign a goalie, but sign a goalie. And John. <laughs> You mentioned their um you mentioned they're the spirits of the team, but speaking of spirits, when's the last orders at the pub down your way? So we're gonna ask your mate again when how he's gonna be introduced as Celtic oh. manager. But, oh, you really uh, gone there? Is that is that is that the route no, you're taking? No, no, no. Then, is it? But, 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 right, moving on quite quickly, right? I want to give a big uh, <laughs> big shout out to Stephen Welch after his performance against Razors, which was a lot 
and left to be desired anyway when he got turned inside by a 39 year old man, Jermaine Defoe. But I thought he handled Chris Kane quite well. Can I just say this? I'm pretty sure I commented on this. In in Welsh's defence, right? Defoe might be an old guy, but he's in footballing terms, aye. But he's not old, old, right? He's still an experienced player, a very experienced player. And you've seen what he done to Welsh. Welsh, it's not that he got turned inside out because he's not good enough. It's inexperience. And Defoe, to an advantage, he has experience. So, I think people have been a, a wee bit, wee, a wee bit too hard on Welsh for being turned the way he did. Uh, because can I also, can I add to that, John? Sorry, you <laughs> I was just going to say, like he, he did get, he did get turned, and he did get done. But I mean, you've got to take into account that Defoe had been on the park maybe ten minutes, and Aye, Welsh well, ninety minutes, uh, probably sixty, seventy minutes. I can't mind exactly. Celtic were playing with 10 men and for most of the second half they were chasing after the ball and it's a lot harder work chasing after the ball than it has been on the ball. So he was fatigued as well. You've got to take that yep. into account. I'm no... Like, he did get done, but you've got... There's factors. We've said that before. Mitigating factors, but... Aye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't read too much into that. Defoe has been a top-class operator his whole career and he's still learning plus he was shattered so mm. I think it's fair to say I ruffled a few fellas there wow I was only saying it I was just giving them <laughs> praise that he had he had a good performance against a physical um, I, a so. yeah, black, I was a backhanded compliment <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to jump in as well Stephen but I think you've had enough so I'll just leave it there <laughs> William you can jump in if you agree with me if not you can well normally joking no but um, so we seen the game finished 4 0, basically the end of Scott Brown at Parkhead, Celtic Park, and I cut to his interview. Basically, does Brown style. What was the first word he said? The F word. He said, F what the fuck word, basically. And live on camera, and he was putting on, was it to put on Scooter? He wanted Scooter on or something like that? I uh, just in, put in Scooter his... on. Fuck me. <laughs> but come and <laughs> do yourself, William. For me, that does summarize the Scott Brown. He's a, he's a guy's guy, he's a friend. He'd be a a great friend, great crack, and great, great laugh down the bar as well with the stories he's had. He's had at Celtic in his football career. But if you look at them pictures that Celtic put up and with him in an empty Celtic park, all dark and dark and gloomy, and it just for me, it just looked like an for me they'll they'll be iconic photos. But the moment you want the fans in there and you want them the brown to walk around and get the the cheers of the fans, and I'm pretty sure there would have been sixty thousand in there easy. It would have been so loud no matter what way the season turned out either winning it and as we know now we haven't won anything but it still would have been 60,000 people there people singing his name doing the the brownie and stuff and I just thought that the photos were I mean there will be iconic photos but just seeing that empty stadium around it was a wee bit eerie wasn't it yeah it was it was it was quite emotional actually uh, yeah. just to touch an interview that, that's the best thing I've ever seen on telly <laughs> these interview unbelievable um, say it again, I, say it again. I, I was I, I was near like Crying, crying, but I was there was tears in my eyes watching it. Like, I with the, the the pictures and stuff. Yet, um, I think everybody that's listened to podcasts knows my feelings on the man. He, he's an absolute hero. Um, I said on uh, the the previous the last podcast there that um his name's now out of place with the likes of Caesar and and Larson and all the greats. Um, it was quite. It was a bit more emotional than I thought it would be. It is a shame that we've not got the fans there to. To send them off, and I don't think he will get that. He's had his testimonial and stuff. I know there's been things all over social media uh, saying hopefully he gets a charity match or so, but 
he's had his testimonial and he, like um I, I thought it was a really fitting way for him to go. It was really, really nice and, and the outpourings and the, the messages and the videos and everything across social media. Uh, social media can be a very, very horrible, disgusting place. But when you see stuff like that, it kind of reminds you of the, the good stuff. And uh, I thought it was very, very fitting. And uh, I mean, it's all down to him. What he's done and what he's achieved, is, it's just incredible. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. I really, really hope he's back one day. I'm sure he will be. Yeah, I think it was. It was an emotional time. Obviously, you're watching it. He, for me, anyway, growing up, uh, 26. So he's probably the, the captain. He is the captain that I've known Celtic <laughs> basically all my life for. I can remember far back as Neil Lennon, Paul Lambert, them them types of players. But this this fellow's been a Celtic for 14 years, lived and breathed Celtic, won numerous trophies. He's done iconic things, celebrating tackles, doing the Bruni, the events of that, which still goes on to this day and will be for years to come every time he comes back to Celtic Park. And we'll probably be doing it in the stands when he's not there as well. But coming to yourself, John, do you think it was fitting for a way for him to go, especially with that blooper in the interview? I just think it does some scap round up, doesn't it? I think the 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 blooper bit of the interview was funny, and it did sort of sum him up. This and can, can you remember what did he say again? Just so I can get it right. He said to put a song back on, and then says, "Just play scooter." Fuck me. It was a tune, by the way. Aye, that was. A <laughs> tune, I put that way. song back on because that's a tune, by the way. He says, "I just Aye. put a scooter on." Fuck me. And then he went, "Oh, <laughs> going to live away." But yeah, John, how did you feel that? Uh, so, I, I mean, that was funny and it, it kind of sums him up. Um, we know he's a bit of a character and you hear the people, other players and that, when they talk about him and anybody that's met him as well have said the same. He's he's met a bit of a laugh and all that. Um, but was it fit and fa- farewell? No. Uh, he deserved much more than that. Um, like he says, a packed Celtic Park, um, a standing ovation when he was substituted, um, just a proper send away, let the fans say cheerio, um, after because to, to think to give your 14 years of your career won everything that you've won become cement your name uh, in, in, in sort of Celtic's history books and, and, and to be the player that he became uh, the legend at the club that he is to then say his farewell in an empty stadium is heartbreaking and I know there's like you said there's been talk about like he had his testimonial what was it back in 2018 or something um, and you maybe not get another chance, but I think a charity match or something like that, or just some where, we, like, just give him he's in select 11 to play against Celtic and give him a half each side. Just let's, let him come back to Celtic Park when the fans are back and then say to you properly. John, he's going to be back with Aberdeen next year. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a rousing oh, applause and a rousing. Uh, I think, I think, um, I think he can maybe get what he's, what we're looking for there because I would imagine that the fans are back in the stadium at that point and no doubt the, um, he'll get the he'll get the ovation that he, that he and the goodbye that he deserves. Yeah, I think it, like that's a, a fantastic point as well. Well, I think it would be a good gesture as well uh, when the fans are back in the stadium. Aberdeen's first return or his first return to Celtic Park at that point um, to sort of bring him out, just to let the fans say bye properly um, and give him that ovation. I think because he deserves it, man. Let's let's be real. He's he did. He did not deserve to go away the way he did, and the stadium was empty as it is. Because, like he says, it is kind of eerie and it's sad almost um, that after the service he's given us, that that's that's how he had to go. But see, see if they do give him a send off at the next Aberdeen game, I'm going to go to the game with a Palestine flag. 
Oh, you are you are very controversial now, Ross. Oh my days! <laughs> I'm only winding these up. <laughs> but you know what, Ross? I'm going to actually comment back on that, whether that was a oh, wind up no. or no. You're well within your right to. <laughs> and you're well within your right to take it off me. I wouldn't do that, mate, because I've got a conscience. Right, 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 right. No, right. Uh, no, but only it's only right. jokes, man. It's only come jokes. On, Coming to yourself, Ross, right? So we've seen some of his many interviews, obviously, explaining the Celtic release done this week on BT Sport, Sky Sports, whether it be Celtic fan media as well. And one thing he did say, that he was offered the chance, or Tottenham had an offer accepted, he was he, he had the chance to join them, he rejected it, the same in Newcastle. Then you got them wee moaners on the side many years ago when that was going about saying he's got no ambition. But I, want, I would like to counter that argument by saying this guy's played numerous European games against the best in the world. Why would he, Ross, want to go down to the Premier League and sit mid-table fighting, fighting for scraps and relegation every year and stay at Celtic, win trophies and compete in Europe? Surely Scott Brown was right to do that. Uh, I, I mean, it's again, it goes back to that. It's whatever your prerogative is. It's, it's, it's everybody's personal decision. Personally, uh, I mean, if I was in that situation, I would like to think that I would do what Scott Brown done because uh, you're in the game to win trophies. We get that you're there to make money, but I think Wally touched on it in the last podcast. Uh, he he's going to be a well-off guy regardless. Plus, he's sitting there with all these trophies. And you look at Georges Samaras. He he looked at upon it that way as well. He he loved being at Celtic. And he loved winning the trophies. I'm sure he was quite vocal talking about that. Uh, so I I I think he did make the right decision. I think. Hindsight now tells you he made the right decision as regards <clears throat> um, how he's lauded by the fans uh, and the the trophies are ridiculous. What what is it we said? Twenty two every twenty two games is it? Oh, no, twenty eight games. A trophy every twenty eight games. Uh, 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 I mean, what even is that? I don't think I don't think there's another player in world football who's <laughs> lucky no. to hear that sort of ratio. Um, Ah, it's just incredible, uh, and I, I think he, he just got what it was to be Celtic. He realised that he was a captain, he was the captain, and I mean, we've spoke about like <clears throat> other captains there, like Lennon and Lambert, who were absolutely brilliant captains and synonymous with the club, and uh, Lennon has been here, or had been with Celtic over a long period of time, but it was the duration of Scott Brown's captaincy that wins over the others. And it, the biggest sort of praise or the, I could sort of put towards him is I, I don't think in my lifetime, certainly, I'll, I don't think I'll ever see another captain like Scott Brown. There'll be nobody ever like him at Celtic again. Uh, yeah. I, he's, he's just he's phenomenal. It's, absolutely it's, phenomenal. And when Celtic signed him for Hibs, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was over the moon because every time he played for Hibs against Celtic, he was he was outstanding, and he was like when he was his younger days, he was a bit of a, an ankle biter, if you like, and he got into altercations. And even at Celtic in his early days, he done that as well. He, he God, he was missing games t- towards end of seasons eh, <laughs> in the early part of his career, big games because he's daft bootings, but he cut that out. He's his game and mm. when Brendan Rodgers came in he, he absolutely 
totally changed him as a player and made him play the best football in his whole Celtic career in the time that he was there. He's just been yeah. phenomenal, and I can't speak highly enough of the guy. I think I think as well, Ross, perfectly summed up, by the way. Um, I think you're right in terms of we won't see another player like him in regards to the Celtic Football Club. He's, he's a damn breed of a player, that loyalty, that determination, that drive, that passion, the will to win, just for one club. 14 years, 22 trophies, one trophy every 28 games. And as William brilliantly described on the last podcast, that's disgusting. <laughs> hey, I love that. That is disgusting. Shut <laughs> up, I think that's the perfect way to sum the guy up. And as Celtic have rightly put on their social media captions, um, captor, cap, captor, captain, leader, legend. And I think he's going to be missed at Celtic. We all know that. There's some of us agreed it was the right time. Me personally, one of them. A few others in the podcast are of that belief as well. Some believe he should have stayed around. But regardless of what we think, he's going to be missed and he's going to be welcome back with open arms anytime he comes back, whether it's an opposition player, opposition manager, or as manager or as a coach at Celtic Football Club as well. So... From us guys, thanks Scott Brown for all the memories you've, you've given us. And we'll move on to the, the reports as well that we've seen during the week. I said at the start of the show, this has been the fanful week, so we'll have actually so much to talk about. And that's only been a part of it in this show. And we've seen that Celtic fan forums and certain elements of Celtic supporters clubs have met with the new chief executive, Dominic Mackay, along with others on the board. And there's been some transcripts of what's been said in that meeting, some over some things have come out in terms of the conclusion of that meeting as well. Just on my brief knowledge, what I've took from it anyway, basically the Celtics board are saying that there's going to be a, the need to full quotation of season book season books to be sold for to compete next season. Their excuse for this, obviously, is it's 45% of the overall budget and that Celtic bring in. And nice. then added to the fact and then added to the fact as well that, that across the river, across the city, that they they're banned into all their season books, banned into their methods. But again, they've reported they've rewarded their fans with something. Celtic fans are still left in limbo and what that added value is. Another slap in the face that the Celtic board gave them was we want your opinions on what that should be. Again, pointing to the lack of forward planning that this board actually shows. And we've we've heard Dominic Mackay and certain quotes and stuff online to whoever he was speaking to at that at that moment. Saying he wants to modernise Celtic Football Club, which only points to what mess is actually Celtic Football Club in. And John, I know yourself, you've some very strong opinions on this, and I want to come to you first. What are you thinking of what's coming out at the moment? Of very little we know, but what you can tell anyway. It's just another shambles, as far as I'm concerned. Um, just to touch on the Dominic, the, the fact that Dominic Mackay had to re- repeatedly refer to Celtic being modernised makes you wonder what can he state the back room is, uh, or sort of that level, the boardroom level, the Celtic Park is. Um, but it, it, it's not at all surprising because I think we're all kind of firmly in the belief or, or the understanding that it is a bit of a mess, that it, it is seem to be uh, a wee bit of, like, I, well, I, we don't actually know what, what goes on, but it, we know that they're definitely out of touch. Um, and hopefully, I, I was quite, from what I believe as well, um, obviously we weren't invited to that, so... We can't say too much, but from what from what you hear though, Mackay seems very positive. Uh, he's got a record for fan engagement and uh, the business aspect and turning things around. So he done that as Scottish rugby, so I'm confident, and it's good to see him be as positive as he is. And despite what he's saying about modernising things, he seems forward thinking. So uh, I think that's a positive to take for that. But that's probably the only thing really you can take for it in terms of positive. Uh, still nothing on the managerial aspect, uh, although I think that it's pretty much set in stone at this point. It's just a matter of when, as I keep saying. 
Um, the season issue, though, this that, and again, I apologise for the language I use sometimes, but it, it's pish, absolute pish. There's no going to be any investment if they don't sell the season tickets. No, there, won't, so there won't be. There, there won't be major investment. That's the sort of drift that people are taking away from this. this the fact that they've even had the goal to turn around and tell fans just prior to season ticket renewals coming through, or by the way, what in essence they're saying is, see if you don't renew your season ticket, then we're not investing in the club, and that is that is an absolute. That is, it's a, a slap in the face. It's spitting in the face of Celtic fans who have went through this season the way they have been absolute shambles their season. The the people that forked out six hundred odd pound for season tickets to get next to nothing back for it. Uh, the the Celtic T V hang has been an absolute mess. There's the silence for Celtic Park and the board have been has been absolute it's I need to watch what I'm saying here because I'm I'm just going to end up cussing like but the, it's it's been a disgrace by and large it's a disgrace but I to come out and say that and, and it almost imply that if Celtic fans don't buy season tickets then there's no going to be major investment in the club is spitting in the face of Celtic fans and we all know that's a load of shite anyway because Celtic are the most financially sound club in Scotland at the minute. Um, we know that they've managed to get through the whole COVID thing uh, relatively well. Um, they've still had the support through merchandise sales, through season ticket sales for last season, uh, that they've had money coming into the club. Um, they've got money for previous year's player sales that hasn't been reinvested. They've got money that's coming <coughs> in for player sales, likely, if you believe uh, that, that Edward and all that's going to go away and we're going to get a decent return on him. Um, money coming off him and any other guys that are likely to head out the door there's going to be money coming in for and for a club and again this Motherwell needs to be applauded here and exactly for Motherwell especially during Covid right this whole lockdown thing we know all football clubs throughout Scotland got hit hard right and they all suffered for it Motherwell's fan base is significantly less than Celtic's their sort of annual income is significantly less than Celtic's majorly less actually um, and for them as a club to come through the hardships of the whole Covid thing and the way it's obviously affected the club financially to give back to their fans as a thank you not because they've had a terrible season or anything like that because they've done alright I mean I, I think that they've, they've sort of met their expectations for the year I don't think anybody's kind of like they've no been, it's not been a poor year for them by any means so it's just a thank you, right? They've come out and they've just says we're coming out, we're coming to the end of what's been quite a shocking 14, 15, whatever, how many months it is, the whole COVID nonsense and no being at the park. You've supported the club throughout that period and this is our way of giving back and saying thanks. And the fact that Motherwell, in the position that they're in, given their financial situation, um, to be able to do that for their fans should be applauded. And every other club... I'm not expecting every club to obviously follow the same suit because people know no every club can afford to do that. But for a club like Celtic to then kind of shun that sort of idea and to say, nah, we're, we're not going down that road. And then it, it, it angers me, man. It really angers me that they even had the, the boss to come out and say to Celtic fans that after the year that we've had, after the silence that's come for the club, to have a fan forum and a meeting with these guys and then be asked a question for them to turn around and then imply if you don't it's a threat 
Well, let's look at it as is. It's 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 by and large that's a threat. They've turned they've essentially says if you're not buying season tickets because they know Celtic fans are kind of they're, they're kind of sitting on that and they're not sure what they're going to be doing, uh, whether they should renew or anything like that. And they've turned around and says, well, look, if you don't buy season tickets, there's not going to be major investment, which we know is needed. And the, it it just infuriates me that they even had the boss to come out and say that. Yeah, I think that I mean that I agree with everything you're saying. And again, just to make clear. We weren't privy to the meeting. We weren't in the meeting. We're just taking snippets of what we've been seeing online and quotes coming out of that meeting. And basically what we've heard as well from other respective Celtic podcasts and fan things that this is the kind of gist that most people took away from this meeting. That Celtic, the Celtic board have basically said, William, the challenge next season, we need a full quotation. The season book sold makes up 45% of the total annual, total annual revenue within the club. And John rightly said they're financially sound. We are. We should We should be anyway. And Motherwell can hand out a season book for free as a thank you, a token gesture to their fans for what they've been through this season and not expecting them to dip their hand in their pocket. Another name that came from that meeting, William as well, was from Brian Wilson, a director at Celtic. And according to many people who's been there, he kept saying, we have to take the positives from this season. Again, what positives? There's been no positives from a Celtic fan's point of view. I really think this board is on eggshells, literal tender hooks, if they're not careful. Now, as John said, it looks it looks as a threat. Now, I'm not going to be as harsh as that. I've, I think maybe they're, I mean, emotional blackmail, whatever you want to call it. That, that's the type of road I, I'm looking at them going down. They're trying to make the fans part with their hard-earned money. And we have to remember <coughs> as well, there are certain households that have to buy free season books at like 1,500 quid. And then you go up again, there's season books at 1,000, 2,000 for corporate and things. So, William, are you? What's your opinion on this? Because I'm with John on this one, and we very rarely agree with each other. He he said that himself, but <laughs> I, I think it's a total disgrace from Celtic point of view, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's every point he's making is I totally agree. I, I like you say we've not heard much out from it, but um, from what I hear, it's everything I was expecting. They weren't they didn't approach any subjects would actually want to. If you're having a fan forum, I'd, I'd like to approach the subjects that the fans want to know about, i.e. the managerial situation and, and season books going forward and stuff. But to hear the things is just... I mean, we talk about how the board need to be careful. I, the, I, the relationship's already broken. For me, at this moment in time, there's no trust. The communication's ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, my point was going to be that if they're, if they're, if they're asking us as fans to dip our hands in our pockets yet again when the season tickets been bought for last year, nobody's been to one game, you're getting dodgy streams that you can't even log into and then, yeah, my point was going to be that the likes of Motherwell, we talked about it the other night, um, unbelievable gesture for them to do that in times, the times that we're in and for, for us to hear that the Celtic board are coming out now and saying we need you to dip your hand in your pockets when like John's stating, we're financially sound and there's a billionaire owner. It, um, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because everything that's come out this season uh, with regards to the board has just been... There's, there's no even any words to describe it because it's, it's, the relationship's that bad now and that damaged. And with regards to how bad we've been on the pitch, off it, we've been colossally worse. Mm-hmm. Which is a scary thought. Can I just say something as well? You made an absolutely incredible point there, and it's something that I didn't touch on. But I'm going to. 
Dermot Desmond is a billionaire, and if you don't understand just how much a billion is, then as like this guy could wipe his ass with Celtic's annual income and no miss it. <laughs> billion, a billionaire, and I'm pretty sure his net worth is in a, it's not just one billion; it's like two or three. Something it's like ridiculous. Like that. Billion. Yeah. Aye, it's ridiculous. He himself could cover the costs of giving Celtic fans something back exactly. and not even make a dent in his bank account. It wouldn't, he wouldn't even notice it, right? His interest alone could probably pay it. The fact that we've got a billionaire owner at the club and the club are still coming out and saying shit like that, honestly, I'm lucky. We, in fact, don't ever invite me personally to any of these things because I would, I would call them out. Every one of them would get called out. You need one of the machines to bleep out all your curse words. In fact, if anything, maybe they do need somebody with a bit of backbone in there because these fans, I don't know what it says, I'd like to think some of them are actually questioning. Well, hold on a minute. I think I think some of them did question it. We can't say they didn't. I'm pretty sure there must have. There must. I'd like to think so. Anyway, I'm I'm hoping they're not just sitting there with sitting on their hands and just being like, right, okay, he's done. Yeah, because I I, no, I would really like I'd I'd really like to think that that's not the case. Look, I I think as well, Ross. Another slap in the face that uh, John and William touched upon there. The season books, and then the other thing, whether it's added value comes into it. What the what the fans want to get in return. They had to take Aye. the turn to the fans and say, we have no ideas. Can you give us opinions? While still asking for a full quota of season books. Again, for me, points to the lack of forward planning, the lack of thinking, the lack of <clears> understanding <throat> the fans. Because, we're, as, as William said, the streams that we get are prophetic. They're shocking. The, the hosts that we've had all season, the commentators, I think we were promised a, a certain commentator to start a season, and it, it just disappeared, didn't he? I, I can't remember who it was, but it's it's like... It's almost like, well, tell them this to keep them sweet. But it's not even that no more. They're just coming out and blatantly saying it. And I'm pretty sure we've seen Manchester United fans going buck mad at the Glazers. I'm pretty sure something like that at Celtic's going to happen if this doesn't change quickly. Hey, uh, I, I'm, well, I mean, that, that part are like asking, like, I don't understand why they would ask the, the customer, the fans, if you like, what they would like is added value. Uh, like, it's, like, it just doesn't make sense. So, oh, right, uh, we would like a car each then. It's, it's just crazy, man. It's like, just make a decision. Take the bull by the horns. This is what you're going to get. And make it worthwhile. Like, I mean, I, I, I certainly... I, what Motherwell done is absolutely exceptional. I don't think many clubs will do that. And I don't expect and didn't expect Celtic to do that, but some for the fans would be nice, but to ask them is just bizarre. It's just, just baffling. What's, what's your opinion then on like the, the, the season books? They're asking for a full quota at the full price, as as it stands, as we know. Do you think that's right? Um, <sighs> it's a hard one to say. I, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. I'm sorry on the fence. Uh, I get why they're asking for the, if they're going to give if they're going to ask for the full quota, but then give added value, what that may be, I don't know. Uh, they have no ideas, Ross. They're asking I, I the customer. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting here trying to knock them, and I've actually not got any ideas. So how can see I if sit here like, and, see see if you're going to no, ask for like, fans to dip their hand into their pocket, right? Do you not even have the sort of forward, like you say, there's no forward thinking, there's no ideas. Like, 
even half, 25% off a season ticket, 50% half a season ticket at a push, yeah. saw him anything really, just like, they saw him for the fans. And, uh, and, they they, 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 they have to, they have to, and they shouldn't right. need to ask the fans, they should just, yeah. as I've said, like, just, like, run it, run things and make a decision, make decisions well, and take the bill by the horns. Just looking back at there when you said that you're, you're sitting trying to knock them and you can't think of ideas. I'm going to put this in perspective. They've had basically from November to think about this outcome of what's going to happen because this was when the season fell apart for Celtic. That run they had October, November time. We all could see it. The writing was on the wall. I don't buy the fact that these professionals, Peter Law getting paid £3 million of a bonus, which is an absolute joke, and they can't come up with an idea as simple as John said. Look, we don't know what the other value would be, but what we're prepared to do, 25% off season books, give you 50% off the club shop for the new kit coming out. And it's something as simple as that. I mean, uh, I, I, mean I, was the, I was the defending name there. I was basically saying, like, I can't think anything and I'm trying to knock them. I was yeah, the defending the players. I just say the players usually have been in absolute shambles this season. They deserve more. You can pay their books. Uh, there's right. not even been an apology for how shite they've been this year. No. Just get oh. just just get Conor McGregor in. Fuck it, he'll pay for it all. Oh, <laughs> right. Headphones are off, I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, right, so you look at this. They're planning to have the season books out middle of May. I think that was around about the, the date. Maybe not a set date, but we know it's the middle of May. It's meant to be coming out. And John, you, you know, as well as we all do, maybe not me anyway, you guys do, you think and you know anyway, it'll be anyhow. And I'll come to yourself, Ross, for this, right? But anyway, first of all, so if up until up until middle of May, if there's no other communication with the board in terms of what they've what they're going to change for next season, right? In terms of out of value, they've come up with a new innovative idea that Dominic McKay's is going to introduce. That's going to bring the fans together, bring them closer together. Now this is without a manager, right? So this is the best case scenario when the season books come out. If the board come back with a plan. But if there's no communication up until the middle of May, and it's the same as we're getting now with no forward planning, no announcements of who's coming in, would you as a fan still, now if you can't afford it or you can't afford it, we'll have to take into consideration other people's um, things as well. Would you as a fan be comfortable paying that £600, not knowing where the club's going? If I could afford it, eh, I, I would. I, I would, I would still, I would still situation you're in now. situation I'm in now. Uh, yeah, so I, mean, I, I want I want it from a personal point of view, as I said, like you have to take in the people's different financial outcomes and stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, me personally, I, I would, as a fan, I would like them to give some added value, take a percentage off it. But if they didn't, I would still pay it. My wife might hate something to say about it, but I would still pay it because it's the hope. It's they want me to be there if we turn it around and we start doing what we're doing, we're winning trophies, I want to be there for that and I want to experience it, I want to take it in and I want to rub it into them and be there rubbing it into them. So I, I think that every penny to do that is worth it to be there Look, to I, watch Celtic win. I get that, right? It's the fear of missing out. It's Everyone not everybody's that. opinion. Aye. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But I think personally, that, that kind of point of view, your opinion there kind of plays into the board's hands because they, they know there's going to be a certain... They know percentage. that, they know that. Yeah. They know there's going to be a certain percentage of Celtic fans that will still pay that money, John. But do you, can, 
can you see where I'm coming from here? Is in like fans need to show the power here, as other clubs, their fans have done in England with that Super League thing. Celtic fans need to stand up and make their voice heard. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. We do, um, and I, I, like like you mentioned, the Man United fans and the way that they are they're obviously voicing their feelings uh, on the Glazers and that um, that is very Not likely. That, a really. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, I, I think, sorry, protest uh, to an extent is, is perfectly acceptable. Um, I'm all for protest uh, mm. because it does make a statement uh, and it forces the club to, to respond. Um, you could do it and hit them financially. Uh, we don't obviously want to see, as fans, Celtic in any way lose out financially, but we know they're in a much better financial position. We know the owner's a billionaire. Um, so... Um, I think most Celtic fans, no knowing where we're going to stand next season, uh, are probably looking at it as Ross says. Uh, in case people start getting let back into stadiums during the course of next season, they want to make sure that their seats guaranteed. The same way people are maybe worried about um, if they don't renew the season ticket, then essentially they're hoofed to the back of the queue uh, and try to get another season ticket for future seasons is going to be a problem. So they'll just maybe want to keep their seat, um, and and solely doing it for that reason. But it's a hard one, man, because it, it really depends on the individual's financial circumstances. If he says, me personally, I couldn't afford it. So... See, see, to be fair, sorry, John, see, to be fair, I'm probably of that opinion because I had a season ticket for, I think, six, seven, eight years. Can't mind exactly, but I, I had to give it up uh, due to circumstances. And uh, now, well, when Rogers took it, it was just before... Uh, I think it was sort of mid dialer era to give it up, and then when Rogers took over, and like the quadruple treble and all that game, I was absolutely gutted that I wasn't going to the games. I'd went yep. to the games through the Strachan, Lennon, some of the dialer era, and then all of a sudden we were winning. Obviously, we were winning at that time as well, but we were winning everything, and I was sitting there like, <sighs> absolutely like, yeah, you I, I should be there. I want to be there. And now I'm like in the opinion where I'm in a position where I probably could get one now. And I'm like, it's just, I, I wish I had it then. And I, I'm miles away from being able to get one now because, well, maybe I will only be if nobody buys one. I might be able to get one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, I mean, because there is a waiting list. Of... You know what I'm saying, though? It's like... Aye. See, for me, and I, I would hope that most of I, I understand what you're saying, Stephen, and I do think there needs to be like some sort of stand, but like Celtic's all I've ever known. They're, they're my first love. All my greatest memories growing up are to do with this wonderful football club. I couldn't live without them. They'll probably be the last thing I think about before I'm gone. They're my last love as well. Um, so win, lose, or draw, I'm gone and I'm supporting them. And I don't think it matters what happens out with that. It's 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 just it's inside you and it's instilled in you. So for me, I like it's I'm I would be paying the ticket. But is no the board what, is the board is the is the board not taking advantage of them? If, if they know if they know I, the fans are that of that mindset, then that's just them blatantly taking advantage of the Celtic support. Yeah, I agree. But like you can't like I I can't help the way that I feel about this club, and I'm not exactly. I, I can't like you know what I mean. I can't. Yeah. I just I just couldn't not. I could not have them in my life and not support them and not have that there. Win, and like I say, win, lose, or draw. The next manager comes in and doesn't turn around. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to support them. I'm still going to be cheering them on and chatting. I'm still going to be on this podcast moaning. 
it's not going <laughs> to stop me. You know what I mean? It's just, it's everything. It's just, it's just me. Yeah. Like, I, 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 by the, the, by the way, sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say, just to give a sort of example of what while he's saying there, like. And I'm just, that's no disrespect, Stephen, it's just an example, but for every sort of Stephen that decides, I'm not going to go to the games, I'm no, not going no, to buy the then No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not no, saying. no, I know you're not, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just using an example, I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying, for every Stephen, for example, right, that says, I'm not going to go to the game, I'm, I'm not going to bow to them, you've got a Wally or a Ross that's going to buy the ticket that you don't want, if you like. I'm, I'm right. not saying you don't want the ticket, I'm just using names, I'm just throwing names. I'll say Billy and Joe if you want, maybe no Billy right enough, but... <laughs> <laughs> Look, Ross, I, I get 100% where you're coming from, right? I'm not saying for one second I would ever stop supporting Celtic. Celtic are my first love, my last love, as William rightly said, I'm supporting the other team, the other team down in England. It's only Celtic for me. But purely where I'm coming from is, there has to be a kind of stance took somewhere down the road because we can see this, but it's like you keep wanting to go in and hurt yourself over and over again. Do you know what I mean? It's you're going in. You see what the board said. These forums we talk about it on here, and it's again it's a lack, lack of action on both sides really. Because if we stood up, I'm pretty sure that would force the Celtic fans, the Celtic board's hand. And I'm not a season ticket holder. I put that out there. I can't afford a season ticket. I get over around about eight nine times a year. Um, that what Celtic play. And that's the most I can afford. I watch them on the TV, on streams all the time. It doesn't make me less a supporter than anybody. I would argue that all day long. But coming, coming to you, John, I'm just coming left field here. With the board acting like this, and especially in these, these fan forums, do you think it's a wee bit of smoke and mirrors? Are the board playing a wee bit of mind games, making the people across the city think they've got nothing going? Or is it just basically what we get is what we see? And they're not that inventive. No, I don't think they're that inventive, and I don't think there's I don't think they're creative enough to come up with something like that and try and because if they think that that's a good idea, where fans are, are then feeling the impact of it, their own fans, they no, that's that's absolutely ridiculous to even yeah. suggest that that's what they would they would do even think of doing something like that when fans are screaming at the top of their voice for answers and they're getting absolutely nothing. And if they're playing a wee game, they're in giggling to their cell like wee lassies because they think it's funny or whatever. Then that's, it's just fucking, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the board, I, I agree with, with Ross and William that are saying, it, it's like, you why support Celtic? I mean, that supporting Celtic is not going to change. No. Um, in William's case, he would pay and renew his season ticket regardless because he wants to be there to support the team regardless. But the, the board in some way, shape or form need to be held to account. They can't continue to do what they're doing and getting away with it because they've done it for years now and, and they've taken advantage of supporters and something needs to be said, something needs to be done. And that's why I say it's like protest, to some extent protest is a valid uh, way of, of getting your voice heard. Yeah. Sign with the winning the way. Oh, well, this is the thing. Even when you're winning, right? Like, that's we, the fickle element. No, because even when we're winning, it's like, we, we're running with Rogers. But the board still were backhanding stuff with Rogers at the helm, uh, and it ultimately cost them uh, his I, position. I think it's been made a shambles off the pitch than it has been on the pitch this year. No, exactly. Oh, and, uh, it has, I, And that's saying something. Something needs to change. Absolutely. Right. Well, speaking about on the pitch, because we could speak about the board all night, I mean, it gets everyone up. It gets we everyone angry. Because I'm getting sick yet. <laughs> well, spe- well, speaking about the pitch, we look, for- we look forward to the final game of the season and what's been a horrendous season. 
And just to plug a new show coming up from us, we're going to be doing an end-of-season special, in-depth analysis of what went wrong. We can all see it, but we're just going to have a chat about it. All six of those are going to be on, giving our, our opinions. There'll be some different opinions in there, so that's something to look forward to. But Celtic are playing Hibs at Easter Road, which is not going to be on TV for some strange reason, but usually away games are. But again, we're going to have to rely on the dodgy streams that we're provided with. But coming to yourself, William, first, it's just the game. I feel like I broke it down record saying this, right? But it's true. But is this the game where you're just like, no, it is. Just get the youth out there. Get Ralston out. Get Dembele out. Get Johnson out. Give them all starts. Young Montgomery too. Um, Yeah, maybe. I don't think I would go. I, I'd make a few changes from um, Wednesday night, but I'm not so sure I would go with like Sir Ralston and stuff. I would definitely give a few youth players and there's a few. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my lineup shortly, but um, it's actually, it's, it's, it just feels like such a relief. That we're coming to the end of the season. Like that game, that game on Wednesday night was great. Sit back and you're smiling, and there's no, there's no stress about a title charge. That is, and and you're getting that relief that it's coming to an end, and there's pastures new coming. And I'm hoping to God John's right, and it's Mister Howes coming in, um, and it's a fresh start and a new season. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday. And like I say, just you feel like there's a weight off your shoulders. I feel like there's been a weight on my shoulders for six months and I've been miserable after every game. I'm just relieved that it's coming to an end and we're going into pastures new. I've just put on weight, William. That's my problem. I've put on loads of weight. Coming to yourself, Ross, William's wee bit, wee bit conservative around his view about not throwing many young players out, maybe a few changes. For me, I would just go gung-ho because it's an end-of-season game. It'll be a testimonial field, field to the, the mats and It'd just be one of them games that kind of pass people by, I think. Anyway, Ross, what's your opinion? I would probably make a few changes. I wouldn't. I, I certainly wouldn't put Ralston in. I don't think there's a place for him at Celtic. I don't think he's anywhere near good enough. Uh, he's so bad that I would put Kenny in before him. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, wow. Uh, my lineup. I would go with Barkas again just for the send-off. Uh, I would go Kenny, Welsh, Ayer and Montgomery as Andy's uh, place. Uh, I'd probably play Dembele on the right and go with Soro and Turnbull in the middle just because, like we've touched on before, McGregor needs a rest. and uh, He's going to, well, I was going to say he's going to get a rest, but as a hell because the European Championships are only going to be playing on that. Uh, but I would go with Forrest on the other side just because just because. <laughs> and then Griffiths and Edward up front. Just, Griffiths and I would only play Edward because he turned in a performance on Wednesday. Uh, and it, it maybe, probably, could be, will be his last game <laughs> in the books. Uh, I get you. I think there's a lot of players in that team that will possibly be their last game. We, we all know the known players are going back. Edward's probably going to go. El Nussi won't be back. Uh, I don't see the case for El Nussi coming back, especially if a, a new manager doesn't want him. I think that's half the problem. Fancy the player he's playing well, but the new manager might come in, may not fancy him, but we don't know about that. But coming to yourself, John, I didn't even go on the lineup predictions yet, but Ross just jumped the gun. So we'll oh, have to... Sorry, I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right anyway, it's going, it's going to come next. But what about, what about yourself, John? Where, where are you standing on the, on the team as a whole going into this game? Well, like I have absolutely no faith that Kennedy's got the ideas or creativity to make all the necessary changes. I think it was going to be by and large the same. 
as uh, the St. Johnson game. Um, but I would prefer and like to see just changes across the board. Um, and just because, I mean, it's the last game. You've absolutely, I mean, why no? Like, really, why no? Um, so I'll just keep my line up with now, seeing as Ross done it, and then yeah, no problem. you can just move on to Willie. Really. Um, but I. Tony either, up front. Eh? Toto up front. Toto up front. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I would go with uh, either Barkas or Hazard and go win the ball. I mean, either one, I don't really care. Uh, I would play Ralston on the right because, again, it can't be any worse than Kenny, let's be honest. Um, and he, he's maybe deserving another chance. Um, Welsh, uh, Ayer, Montgomery, just stick with a 4 4 2. Then Belly starting in the right, Sorrow, then Turnbull in the middle, Mikey Johnson in the left, Ayeti and Griffiths. Nice, nice one. Um, me, myself, I'll just throw mine in, William, and then I'll come to yourself. I would go Barkas, Ralston, Welsh. Ayer, Montgomery again. I put. I just keep him in. I would go Sorrow and Brown because it's, Brown's going to play because it's obviously it's his last game. Uh, I would go Dembele on the right, Turnbull through the middle, Johnson on the left. So that's four, two, three, and then I would go Ayeli up top. That's me. What about yourself, William? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I would go with Barkas in the goal. I would put Ayer at right back and play Welsh and Beaton in the middle. And I'd have uh, Montgomery uh, definitely deserved a, a, another go at left back. Um, my midfield three would be Brown, Turnbull, and Christie again. Uh, Brown's got to play; it's going to be his last game. Uh, uh, I would have Dembele on the left, Forrest, uh, Dembele on the right, sorry, Forrest on the left, and I would play Griffiths up front. I, I, I think it's catastrophic, and the, the fact that we've been playing Edward when he's been so subpar, um, <laughs> and with the Euros right around the corner, Griffiths is like, I'm a very patriotic Scot, and the fact that he's not been getting football and he might not be going to Euros, I think is a catastrophe. So I would, I would have liked to have seen more of him, and uh, I'm hoping because we've got three more spots uh, to go to the Euros that he, he might grab one of them. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping he plays and scores a hat trick. I agree with you, Willie. I, I um, think Scotland have to take him to the Euros regardless of his game time. He's just the guy that gets goals, eh? Aye. And just to do some quick fire um, score predictions, William, start with yourself. Uh, two one. I think it'll be a tight game. Hibs are, Hibs are looking decent, so. What's that? Score uh, prediction. Two one to Celtic. Two one. Two nine to Celtic. I'm going two nothing as well. And guys, that brings us firmly on to the end of the show in terms of the segment, the whole ins and outs of what we covered there. We covered a lot of topics from politics and football right down to Scott Brown, right down to the last game of the season. And just to make people aware as well that we're going to be doing that end of season show, which will be coming out soon, obviously after the, the last game of the season. So it's very soon after that. I'm uh, moving on to the quiz between William and Ross. I hope it's not a quiz. shambles like last week, by the way. I hope uh, you're not going to ask me listen, who, who played Dietrich Barlow in Coronation Street or something like that. Totally listen, unrelevant to Celtic. Uh, if, you love, if, you, if you love Scottish football, you have to have a general knowledge of Scottish football. So that was your own fault. So. <laughs> John, John's sitting out. John's going, John's going to be refereeing this one. In case I, think John, I think John should do some more soon. Because <laughs> I'm not watching up the one. losses here. I'm not watching up the losses and I'm fucking catching them up. Are you guys uh, Listen, in my defence, I, I was doing them all at the start and I, I, I've done about six, seven. 
already. So it's time you guys took a... Didn't they, didn't they have you down as a liar, John? Oh, no. <laughs> have you like to go back and listen to them? In my defence, you should be a defence lawyer because you use that all the time. <laughs> listen, Andy, you just need to make it clear. Right, right guys, quiz time. The show's dragging all night, so are you guys ready? Yeah. No problem at all. Right. Nice and easy. Who did Celtic sign Scott Brown from? Had. Had. That was William. One that William. What? It was yeah, William. Ross, don't do this again, man. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's happening again. It's happening again. You, I said are that. Ready? Are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm the question, question number two. Who was the Celtic manager that signed him? Gordon Strachan. There's I two now. Like question number three. 4.4 what was the transfer fee? 4.4 million. I knew you were going to ask that. I actually said that before you asked the question. Well, William, 3 0, Ross, Whitewash. Yes. You've got to ask the question first. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he said it. But yeah, uh, William, well done. 3 0 to yourself. How are you feeling, Ross? <laughs> uh, it's too much. So there's another question. <laughs> no, he's got 3 right, 3 0. Uh, but I got the first one first, so. Oh, no, 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 no. Not getting into the argument. Wait, the guy, I'm waiting. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> guys. That, that that brings us to the end of the show. And just to make people aware as well, we're going to be doing that Lewis Tosney interview very soon. That will be out midweek next week. That's something to look forward to. We're going to talk about his career through Scottish football, coming through the Youth Academy at Celtic, the mentality side of things, his coaching influences, influences, and his first foray into football management as a young manager. So that's going to be an exciting one. Funny stories as well along the way. And guys, John my co-host, thanks for coming on. And to our show regulars, William and Ross, have you all enjoyed it? As always, mate. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, yeah mate, it's been aye, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed always. it, as always. No worries at all, lads. Thanks for coming on. And until Tuesday, our regular podcast will be out then. Stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>